Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I wanna encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Well, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. This is your host, Coach Todd Halls. Super excited and grateful uh, that you are with us today. And I'm tremendously excited uh, to have our guest on today and excited to hear uh, more and learn more from John Ramstead. He's got an amazing story, and I just cannot wait for him to share uh, with, with all of us. So with that, John, could you please uh, tell us about you? Hey, Todd. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for uh, welcoming me on the program. Love the work that you're doing and uh, excited for all your listeners. And I love the title, Why Not Me? Uh, just a, just a, a quick background, um, and then we can dig into some of this. So, uh, grew up in Minnesota, went to an all bath Catholic military boys high school. So that was just proof <laughs> to me my my parents didn't like me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but out of that, I went in the uh, in the military in the Navy, became a Navy F-14 pilot. Uh, had done really well. Just got orders to go to Top Gun, Todd, and I got hit with a softball in the right eye with a, just the squadron team, had nerve damage, and I was done, I was out. And I had a dream completely ripped out. That was It was my complete identity. In that moment, how God used that, looking back on it now especially, was uh, there was a couple men that came around me that started mentoring me, trying to help me figure out what's next. Um, I knew they were Christians, but that wasn't a part of our first conversations, but it was through these guys reaching out to me and connecting. I know you're a John Maxwell coach, right? One of his favorite sayings is you have to you have to connect before you pull. And that's exactly what they did. And it was these guys that led me to the Lord um, back in 1995. And I saw the power of bringing our faith out into just the marketplace, the workplace. Um, but it was through that I had a long career as an entrepreneur. I had businesses completely fail, friendships fail. We had huge successes. Um, through a number of different companies, 25 years in business. And then nine years ago, I'm here in Colorado. I started a, uh, well, I've been all over the place, but um, I was actually on a retreat um, with Dr. Dobson for a small group that was part of his ministry family talk. And I was involved in a horseback riding accident that um, virtually crushed my body from the chest up, ended up having two years in the hospital, 23 surgeries, severe traumatic brain injury and had to rebuild everything from scratch and it was at that accident where where actually god showed up personally but that led me to what i'm doing now our company is called beyond influence and our whole passion is how do we help people become the best version of themselves right now in the present 
so that they can have such a profound impact and influence in others' life that then that goes beyond their own influence, right? Like the people you coach, Todd, like imagine if they're so equipped, right? they might be influencing 10, 100, 1,000 people because of the work that you did with them. And, and here's the neat thing is every single one of us, like those, like those men, Jeff and, and John and Clark, these three men and their wives, back, what, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. that almost now, that influence is still in my family and in the people I get to work with. Um, so anyway, that, that's, the, that's the quick background. There's, probably a, there's a lot we could probably dig into in all those different areas. I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, so as you kind of laid that out, what comes to mind, and it's a, an analogy I've used before, it's the ripple effect. Um, you, 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 you throw a stone in, the pond, in a pond and it's going gonna, it's gonna to have some ripples. And, and it's our lives lately with, with technology and, and the, the reach that we can have, the ripples are, are so far carrying, particularly, as you mentioned, to, to business people, because it's not, just, it's not just the company owner that if we happen to connect with them and impact them, uh, but then they share with their employees, their vendors, their customers, and and the ripples just go far and wide. Um, yeah. But even if, you know what, Todd, even if I'm a member of a team, even if I'm a sole contributor and I report to a boss, I can have a kingdom influence everywhere I go on just how I treat people, how I show up, how the excellence in which I do my work can influence my peers even my boss, my boss's boss. So, um, you know, what leadership is not a, a place of position. I think leadership is really about a, a lifestyle and a mindset about how we're showing up. Are we showing up? And I, uh, you, you've probably heard the definition. I think it's Maxwell's actually from a long time ago, right? Is where we have a positive influence over at least one person. Yep. Another one that I like, though, it's what Christ said in the Bible, right? What if we were willing to lay down our life for the life of another? I mean, that is true love, right? That's what he called it. Now, as a leader, what if we were willing to lay down our agenda to serve the agenda of others, to help others succeed, to help others find their calling, to help others do their best in the moment, to have great relationships, and what I found, this was modeled to me, I got to tell you, all the way back when I was first in the Navy, by my first commanding officer, I'll never forget, Todd, I went into his stateroom and I said, uh, you know, hey, here's what I'd like to do. I want to be a commanding officer someday. I'm a, you know, I'm new to all this. I'm a junior officer. I'm just, you know, checking into the my first fighter squadron. And I said, what advice would you have for me? He loved that I asked that question. And it taught me through my whole life, I've always sought out others who've accomplished what I have my eyes on to see, A, what did they do to get there? What price did they have to pay to get there? And then would I be willing to do that before I even started? But what he shared with me, Todd, was he goes, you know, John, if you just do one thing every day, to help somebody in this squadron, junior to you, senior to you, officer enlisted in your department or not, you might never, in you that helps them personally and helps this organization. You might never get awards or recognized at quarters, but trust me, at the end of the day, when the leadership is sitting around figuring out who gets the promotion, who gets the opportunity, who are we going to trust more? If you're that kind of leader, 
that helps other people succeed, he goes, you won't have to worry about your career. It'll take care of itself. And what he was basically telling me, Todd, was a rising tide lifts all boats. And so that really became my leadership philosophy is my job is to help everybody around me succeed. And in doing so, my success will be a byproduct of that versus a lot of leaders say, I have to succeed at the expense of others or my employees or, you know, the decisions I make. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Uh, and a couple things uh, to, to explore there. First of all, you mentioned success a, a, a several different times. Um, it's in the tagline of the show. What, what's a one word definition of success? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I ask that question a lot to people, and, and it's amazing the answers that I get because they're all over the board, especially when you constrain it to one word. And I, I kind of boil it down to this because my, you know, it's a real kingdom fo focus. Um, and imagine this is my vision someday, right? You get to heaven and Christ puts his hands on your shoulders and looks you in the eye and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. So my definition of success, the one word for me would be faithful. Can I be faithful to the gifts God's given me? Can I be faithful to the people in my life? Can I be faithful to taking action, being bold, being courageous, right? And I fall, and I fall short of that goal often, but that is my definition. I feel like I had a successful day if I was faithful in all of the small things um, that I needed to do today. Yeah. And... What comes to mind is you, as you said that, love the one word answer, and I'm going to probably print that on a card and just keep faithful with a question mark on me, just as a reminder, like, am, are you being faithful in, in, in the little things? Because we get so caught up in the, in the busyness of the day, I think sometimes just remembering to be present and, and keep things like faithful um, at the front of mind um, are, are just super important. Um, although challenging, how do you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you keep that front of mind? Well, you know, it's been interesting, this transition really since after the accident, Todd, you know, before the accident as a, you know, small business owner, then into management and then running a very, very large organization, um, Everything, everything was about the plan. And I, I'd put together the plan and just, you know, lift it up to God and say, you know, bless this. This is my plan this year. This is how we're going to hit our numbers, hit our goals. Right? I want to grow this thing. It was really all about me. And as I really took a deep dive, uh, really, the last six, seven years, and tried to understand what is the true nature of God and His promises and my relationship to Him, and not who I am, who I see in the mirror with all my stuff and backstory and history and stuff I've let in, lies maybe I've even accepted as truths about myself, but who does God see when he looks at me? And in that, it's allowed me to really shift how I pray from instead of, you know, God, show me your will for my life. I was so focused 
on figuring out what I should do, how I should do it, what my calling was, and I and I kind of had things reversed. I started praying, God, what is your? Please reveal to me your will in the world. What are you doing, and what do I need to join you in that? And what is that one small thing I need to do today? So I got to tell you, approaching business from this really in partnership with the Father, with open hands, just seeking what I need to do today was a big switch for me. I got to tell you, especially as an engineer and kind of a control freak, um, approaching things open-handed is how I do it. And I and I got to tell you, because there's so many decisions in the past in life and in business I could have made better, not focusing on those with regret, but using those as learning opportunities for the present and not focusing on the huge thing in the in the future, but I think staying grounded on that those things that I need to do right now today. Um, I think Emmett Smith described it in a book I read with him. Um, he called it the twenty four hour rule. Why he was so successful, he just focused on what he had to do today. When he when his head hit the pillow at the end of the night, did he do everything that he needed to do today? to be able to move toward what his definition of success was. And I, and I think for me, that has really helped. Yeah. The, so Emmett Smith, do you, he, the book is called the 24 hour rule or that's a concept in the book. No, I, can't still... remember it. I just remember the concept. I, I was reading okay. a book by him or a quote by him, an article that he was quoted in. And I'm like, wow, that just makes so much sense. Right. Um, Mark Batterson, if you remember uh, him as an author, uh, he's written, you know, uh, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day and a whole bunch of other great books. Yeah. He called it living in day-tight compartments because when you live in the, the present and, and in partnership with the Father, um, and you're using that time to just really abide what you need to do each day is a lot more clear. And then you string together all these small steps and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my goodness, look at what we accomplished. Like where my company is today, we started it seven years ago and coming out of that injury, I could work eight or 10 hours a week. And that was it. I was, I was in chronic pain. Um, our wealth had been stripped away because of the, I, I was in a hospital bed for almost two years. Um, and what we've accomplished today is is greater than anything I ever envisioned when I started. So you bring up vision, what you envisioned when you started, and I know you're, you know, the practice of day-type compartments. Um, do you still cast a vision forward um, for for your business for for your for your life? Yeah, I think I think it's really important. Um, like I sat down at the beginning of this year, I have actually have my journal right here in front of me. And um, I did my own silent retreat for two days, one night, just went up to a cabin up in the woods. And I, and I sat there and I wrote down, okay, what's everything I want to have in place financially, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And I just started brainstorming because I think it's really important to have goals to be moving toward. Right. Like, am I, you know, I'm 54 years old. When do I want to retire? How much do I need to do that? Like I, I need to, I, for me, I need to have goals. What is the reason that I'm doing all this? So I think if we have a vision, what is that thing that, you know, that big, 
thing that we want to be known for, right? Uh, that God's put in our heart. Um, then we have our purpose. What is our purpose? You know, our purpose is really our why. Why am I willing to do that? Put in the work. You know, people listening, whether you're building a coaching practice, you got a retail store, you're building an online company, you're the manager at a Fortune 100 company. But having that vision for your life, having that purpose, understanding your why, and then asking yourself, you know, coming from a military background, everything was very mission focused. And I think a mission as, you know, what I'm doing right now. And I think another way to look at mission is, hey, what am I willing to do? That would be a great question for everybody listening to ask and to ask yourself, what are you willing to do that others may not be willing to do to get the results that are important to you? That maybe God's putting in your heart, that vision, that purpose. So then what I do is that vision, that purpose, and that mission, which I think is a, where we need to start, out of that then flows, hey, what are my goals for the year? What I do first, Todd, is I do all this and I put it on paper. I think it's really, this is, this is my process that, that I found works for how my brain works. What, are, what do I think my goals are? What are the strategies to make those goals, you know, to accomplish those goals? What are all the different action steps? And once I get that all out of my head on paper, then I put it up in prayer because God then helps me cut through the noise and say, you know what, there's a, a goal here that's missing. There's an objective that I want you to move toward that's here. Or there's something that I'll see on there and say, you know, that's the one. That's the one that takes priority is this one. And sometimes to me it makes perfect sense. And sometimes <laughs> it doesn't make uh, the, the most perfect sense. But I just have this gut feeling that that's where I need to focus. And, and that is where just being in partnership and trusting God as you do this. So I, I guess I have to clear the whole left side of my brain and get everything out of my head down on paper so that I can actually uh, have a, uh, I think, a, I, I guess, lower the noise and the pressure that's sometimes in my own head so I can have a just a better conversation, not only with God, but also with the, uh, the people in my life that I'm in relationship with that are sowing into me as, I'm, as we're building this company. As you described kind of your process, um, it's something that has been on, on my heart lately and, and been working on. And I'm probably reinventing the wheel, John, but um, offering to clients just this process of, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of going through this and getting clearly articulated values, like like what 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 matters to you? What are your values in life? And then and then yeah, looking ahead, what's the purpose? What and then what's your vision for fulfilling that purpose? And and then just as you described, breaking that down to to your mission, and then some actionable steps. What are the goals for this year to achieve the mission? And then what's what's mission critical action for for the next three months? Um, and <clears throat> so I've been, I've been laying this out, and what what keeps coming to mind, and probably due to my own, uh, I'll call it. I wouldn't tell them, my own voices of doubt in my head, when I get these goals down on paper, and, and then, I, then I look in the mirror and say, well, this is what you're going to do, and then I start shrinking away from it. Like, I, I don't know, you haven't done that in the past, what makes, think, what makes you think you can? And it seems to me that even if some of the bigger goals, the God-sized goals, the impact goals, are, are the ones that 
we convince ourselves, I convince myself that it, it may be too much. And I, we, I heard a sermon this weekend from, from Pastor Nathan at, at Upper Room, and he talks about how we view ourselves, we view our present um, based on the lens of our past and the, and the things we've done, the mistakes we've made, the successes we've had, the, the doubts, the things people have said to us. And that's how we view where we're at and what we're capable of. And then he shared that, that God views us from the future and what he sees us, what, what the potential he sees. What encouragement would you have for our listeners who are in that place where they're looking in the mirror and they start to push up, push back from the goals or from, from what God made from their heart? Well, a couple of things come to mind there, uh, Todd. And I think we, you know, this is something we all think about. Um, and I think the first thing is when I insert myself into that, right? That might be a goal that I have. It might be a scary goal that I just wrote down. But t capturing that in prayer and saying, okay, is that, you know, that excitement that I get talking about that, accomplishing that, what would that do for me? You know, if we accomplished this and then we we had this extra revenue, I could hire people, I could do this, I could, whatever it happens to be, is God part of that goal? And, and, and I think there's some clues in there, and you talked about them before, values, but there's also our passions. Because I, th I think God sowed, the, I wrote a whole chapter about this in my book, because um, I even call it the passion process, because I think it's really important sometimes for us to take a step back and say, what are those, not those times, but a moment? What are those bright moments that we've had? Maybe you're sitting around, you just had Christmas, and you're sitting around, your whole family's in the living room, and you think back on that one moment when somebody's smiling or laughing because either a gift or something somebody said, and you, man, you just felt alive. Or maybe you were out in nature, or maybe it's you help somebody who uh, was really struggling have a personal breakthrough, either professionally or personally. What are those things that just bring you alive? But what I've found is passions don't, don't really have a value system. Let's say I have a passion for significance or recognition, right? After you give a speech and everybody's standing and clapping and you feel really good about it. For a long time, I really resisted public speaking because I felt like, hey, this was serving my ego, and I knew that that wasn't right. And then I realized, well, you know why? Because I was showing up for myself. So I could go do a speech and, and structure a speech so I get a standing ovation, but my, that's not in alignment with my values. Or I could structure a speech that honors everybody in that room, adds value to them, and honors God at the same time. And Because I remember when, when uh, Billy Graham passed away and they were showing all these uh, videos of him. I'm like, how, you know, he's standing in front of a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people that are all cheering after he just spoke. And he is just lit up, smiling and taking it in. And I realized, you know what, he it had nothing to do with him. He he mm. was there taking all that in because he was there in partnership, standing right next to the father. So I think understanding our passions and understanding our true our core values, not the values I think we should have, 
the ones that are imposed on us by our environment, our boss, our, you know, our family upbringing. But what are those ones that are truly core to who we are? And then as I went through a process to really understand my core values, then I asked myself on a scale of one to 10, 10 being I totally honor that 24 seven, one being that's completely optional, even though I put it as my core value, you know, where am I? And you know what, what values do I need to really focus on? And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of small steps. I'm like, okay, if my values family and I just rank myself a five because I'm working 60 hours a week and I'm never at practices and I can't really go play catch with my son because I got to get back to email. Am I really honoring that value? And so I had to really start working in my values, tie those values to passions. And I got to tell you, for me, that gave me tremendous insight on what that vision, mission, and purpose were. And then that gave me the courage to take those small steps forward toward it. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. Um, before you start this, this excuse me, before you use this process and seeking to really put a, put a number to your values, I'm curious if if you were conscious that you weren't in alignment or if it was more of a nagging, some, you know, th things just don't feel right. Could you speak to that at all? Or, or yeah, yeah I, um, uh, Todd, I, I was completely unconscious of it because I thought <laughs> when I was at the top of my professional career, Right. Uh, making, you know, my title, what I was making, the the charities that I was working with from the externally, you would have been like, wow, this guy's nailing it right now. And I don't think I'd ever been so miserable. It's a place that I would describe as smoldering discontent. And I, what I realized looking back on it now, it's because I was so out of alignment with my own core values. And I think that's a I think the level of stress and anxiety that we feel is directly in proportion to how out of alignment um, our our real self is, who we who how we're showing up right now with our ideal self. That is the best version of ourselves, the one that Christ created. Remember in Ephesians, he says we are Christ's perfect workmanship. And what if we actually accepted that right now there, that that's who God sees us as? And so there aren't any dependent events for us to move toward a big goal other than some of those lies or untruths or limiting beliefs that we haven't taken the time to sort out. Because I think what those do is they these create a chains of a false identity that hold us back. And we have to break those chains. We got to we got to move slowly toward the person that God sees. That that that's transformation, right? When it, it, as soon as Christ comes into our life, right, our 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 spirit is made perfect, but our heart, our mind, our soul have all this stuff that you know. That's why it's a process, and and uh, you know, doing this and also community with other people is is so important, but. As I really kind of understood this, um, I don't know if I'm big enough. I don't know if I can, but guess what? Every day I'm going to take a step toward it. 
and also, I, I, I'd recommend, there's such a great book out there, if anybody's not read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, and she talks about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset really comes from a victim place where defined by past successes or failures. When I first got into business, a very close family member told me they were ashamed of me because I would never succeed as an entrepreneur. Hmm. Like, oh my goodness. Well, they don't see that in me. So I started my first company, Todd, trying to prove that person wrong. And in doing so, I made some really bad decisions which cratered that company. Now, I could have seen that as evidence that that person was right. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody come into my life who was a mentor who saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. After this company imploded, this person hired me at a startup company as one of the executives. And he put trust in me that nobody else ever has. He put, he, he didn't even teach me how to swim. Honestly, he just threw me in the deep end. I, I don't know if I'd recommend that for people because we, we didn't have, we had some bad outcomes at some sales calls. I'll tell you that. Um, but he never stopped believing in me. And it was that one person's belief in me that was a pivot point in my business career. And so, you know what it is? It's, you know what I had to realize, though, later is, guess what? I started believing that I couldn't be a good entrepreneur until somebody else started sewing into me. And I realized, you know what? That's a false belief. And that belief has been informing my actions and my thinking, which has not led to good outcomes. The great thing is, right? I think it was, uh, I can't remember who's attributed to, maybe uh, Hemingway or Longfellow, but they say, you know, if you change a thought, you change an action. If you change, um, right, you change an action, you change a habit. Mm -hmm. You change a habit, you change a character. If you change your character, you change your destiny. So about how we think, if we think about that, right, if we break that down, if we work on becoming a better version of ourselves, we change how we think about situations, how we react to external stimulus, right? We how we react to maybe somebody rolling their eyes or an interaction you have with somebody in your family or somebody at work. We start changing our beliefs about ourselves and about others. How do we approach people who have different beliefs of ourselves? And then how do we actually start choosing actions and taking responsibility for the actions that we have taken in a way that just gets us a little bit better outcomes? By doing that, you start changing your habits. And that starts to lead to just constant improvement. So the great news is in all of that, to get to a, a different outcome, I don't care how old you are, I'm 54 years old right now, I have a lot I, I still need to do and accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. The best days lie ahead of us. And I just have to accept that as truth. Todd, or I'd, or, or I'd probably call up, crawl up in the fetal position and stay in bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I agree with you completely. The best days are ahead. Um, but it comes back to what you, what you kind of started with a few minutes ago. It's, it's being willing to try to improve just even just a little bit um, in, in, in your day. You know, just a little bit better. It doesn't take a monumental shift all at once. Um, you know, we don't have to move the mountain today, but if we can move a stone, it's, it's getting us in the right direction. 
Yeah, think about, I mean, think about just that, you know, um, I, I, oh my God, I, I was just looking at my Audible account. It's hard, my eye, I'm, uh, I was blinded partially by the accident. So, but in the last uh, couple of years, I've, I have 232 titles I've listened to on Audible. You know, one of the best advice I got, Todd, I can share this with everybody. I remember when I got out of the Navy, became a new Christian, I actually started going to John Maxwell's church at Skyline Wesleyan. This is before he started everything he's doing today. He was So he was my first pastor after I became a new believer, which was pretty awesome. Uh, but one of my mentors way back then, as I was making this transition out of the Navy and into business, said, you know, John, two pieces of advice I can give you that changed my life. He goes, A... He challenged me to read 10 pages of a book every day because he goes, how you think about yourself and others in the world is going to inform your results. He also said, John, you have to look at your association. And I think it was Jim Rohn uh, who said it even more succinctly. You are the lowest common denominator of your five closest associates. So one of the things I did, Todd, is I reached out to people that had a growth mindset. Uh, I reached out to people that were taking those courageous actions, taking risks, uh, building things, moving forward. And I, that didn't mean that my old friends, I kicked to the curb, but the people that I really wanted to spend time with and so into my life are people that um, I admired their marriage, their relationship with their kids, what they'd done in business, philanthropy, their faith, and, and what I found is people like that, if you say, hey, could I spend some time with you? They say, absolutely. I, I just got back this morning. There's a guy that I met, been incredibly successful, has an amazing family. I, I just, his character is just incredible. I admire it. Uh, he's about 10 years older than me. And I just got back from his house. It was our first meeting. We had coffee for an hour. I actually left that having coffee with him to come here and have a conversation with you. I love filling my life with meaningful conversations with people that I admire, that I respect, and that inspire me. That is fantastic wisdom. And it ties back to, goes a little bit deeper from what you said earlier in the conversation about looking at people who walk the path that, that you want to walk that are further along and just and seeing how they did it. Um, and this just takes it a level, a level deeper where we, we invite them into the room with us, so to speak, or, or see if they'll invite us into their room. That's phenomenal. Um, you, you mentioned reading um, and reading a book every day, which um, would be a nice segue into what you got coming up in what, April? Yeah, in April, I have my first book comes out. It's called On Purpose with Purpose, li li Living Your Best Life. And uh, it's about really a lot about what we've been talking about this entire in the coaching I've done with so many leaders that I, I think really struggle. Here's kind of my philosophy behind it. You know, we kind of started out talking with vision, mission, purpose, and you very, um, uh, adroitly brought up, you know, values because we all talk about the why, the what, and the how, and those are very important for all of us to focus on the foundational thing though, that I found missing was who, who we are as a person. Because Todd, I could sit here and be coached by you. I could take your best coaching, your best thinking, your best advice, your best consulting, 
and I could get a fraction of your results if I'm running it through a flawed person. And so the book is really about that journey to really understand not only our identity. Um, like, think about this. The last time, uh, you know, we have, none of us have probably been flying a lot recently. But last time you were on an airliner and you're up at altitude and the crew has the this uh, jet on autopilot, do you know what percent of time that aircraft is on course? I do not. Would it surprise you if I told you it's less than 3% of the time? <laughs> uh, a little bit. A little bit unnerving for some people to hear that. But think about this, right? The, you're up at altitude, right? The winds are gusting. There's turbulence. The engines are turning. You're burning fuel. The, the weight, the center of gravity of the airplane is shifting. People are walking around. The airplane is constantly being moved off course. But that autopilot, that GPS has to know three things to be able to make a correction. The first one is it has to know true north. It has to have that reference to make that first, you know, uh, course. And then to be, able, to be able to make a correction. Now, for me, that true north is my relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. The second thing, it has to know with complete accuracy my present position. Right? That's And mm -hmm. think about that. When, when you pull out your phone, your, your, your iPhone or whatever it is, and you're going to go and you uh, pull up a GPS, right? It has to know where you're at to be able to even give you directions. And if you're going down the highway and you know your exit's coming up and sometimes, you know, it loses locks and you don't know exactly where to get off, it's a, it can be a little frustrating, right? You know mm -hmm. you're going to be late. And, and I think that's really understanding who our true identity is and moving toward that. The other thing is it has to know our destination, Think about that. The first thing we put into that app when we pull it out is where we're going, the address of where we're going. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that vision, that purpose, that mission, understanding what we're trying to accomplish for our organization, for our team, for our family, whatever it happens to be. But we have to get clear. We have to work on getting clarity on all three of those areas because then they all work together. And so really the book is about how to do that and then uh, I have a whole chapter called Convergence, where all three of those come together. And how do you actually then create a, uh, a flight plan and chart out what are those small steps that we need to do each day? And it's going to be different for every person. It leads them through a process um, that's going to be very unique to each, each reader. That's my goal and my hope with, with the book, Todd, is everybody walks away after reading that book and... You know what? They know what to do next. And I think overwhelm and burnout come from looking at where we want to go and not knowing how to get there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's a challenge, though, to get to a space where they can, where, where they can, get that clarity. And so to hear that the, that you created within this book, the process to help, I think is, um, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to check it out. Well, it comes out in April. If anybody wants any more information or get a free chapter from the book, they can just go to beyondinfluence.com forward slash book. And, uh, that site, uh, so you'll be able to get notifications on that and when it comes out and, 
We're going to create a community around that because uh, my whole hope with this is just to help people accelerate where they get to without having to, you know, spend two years in a hospital bed or have a couple business failures under their belt and, and uh, family dynamics that were in serious need of repair. I'll tell you today, our family, our relationships are better than ever. This entire time of COVID, I had all three of my boys, my daughter-in-law and my grandson under our roof for six months. It was wow. amazing. We never, there was no strife, no arguments. We cooked together. We played games. We went for walks. We watched movies. We talked. We had deep conversations. And I got to tell you, that was uh, out of 2020, that was one of the biggest blessings I had was that time as a family, especially with adult kids. You don't get that very often as they start to kind of move on and build their own lives. So we, I, I got to tell you, it was a really unique opportunity for us. But it just shows me how good things can be. That that's amazing, and the fact that it took something um, like COVID nineteen, the pandemic, to to afford that opportunity, um, just just for, it's a reminder for me that in every situation there's an opportunity for something great to come out of it. Mm hmm. Um, I completely agree. Where else can people? Uh, connect with you if somebody wants to explore coaching with you or leadership development. Uh, how can how can our listeners find you, John? Yeah, uh, beyondinfluence.com. I'm on all the social media, just at John Ramstead. It's very simple. And, um, and I keep appointments on my calendar every week for people that just want to reach out and just have a conversation, just even if I can just be helpful. There's so many people that have sewn into my life. So um, you can just contact me through beyondinfluence.com, and that, that's the best way. I'm very active. Cool. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, again, I'm just super, super grateful uh, for, for your time. And more than just the time, I'm grateful for, for, for the godly man you are and, and your willingness to share and add value. So thank you for that. And to all our listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in. I am grateful for each and every one of you. If there's any way I can serve you, please let me know. Uh, we'll see you uh, next time. Until then, peace to you all. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble. Stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.